Hey, this is Melissa Parsons, and you are listening to the Your Favorite You podcast. I'm a certified life coach with an advanced certification in deep dive coaching. The purpose of this podcast is to help brilliant women like you with beautiful brains create the life you've been dreaming of with intention. My goal is to help you find your favorite version of you by teaching you how to treat yourself as your own best friend. If this sounds incredible to you and you want practical tips on changing up how you treat yourself, then you're in the right place. Just so you know, I'm a huge fan of using all of the words available to me in the English language, so please proceed with caution if young ears are around. Oh, hey, welcome to episode number six, Magically Help You Love Yourself Just As You Are. Now, I know you are thinking, please, Melissa, what kind of voodoo are you peddling here? The reason that loving yourself just as you are seems like an impossible task is because of the way we have been socialized. Loving yourself just as you are seems impossible when you've lived a life where you are taught to tie your achievements to your self-worth. I'm asking you to recognize that you have always been lovable and that nothing can change this. What you do and what you have done to and what you have done for others does not have the power to make you more lovable. The good news is that it does not have the power to make you less lovable either. Whenever I'm trying to show my clients how possible it is for them to adopt this way of thinking about themselves, I ask them to picture a newborn baby, yours if you've had one, or maybe a niece or a nephew or a bestie's newborn. Okay, so picture the newborn. Literally, all they can do is feed, sleep, sneeze, hiccup, urinate, and shit all over you. They are pretty useless creatures, if we're being honest. But very few adults look at a newborn baby and think, hmm, I think I'll wait for you to show me what you can do for me. Wait until I can see what you can accomplish before I decide if you're lovable. If that doesn't do it for you, go to the opposite spectrum of life and think of an old person who has regressed to pretty much only being able to do what a newborn baby can do. If you loved this older person once, they don't become less lovable as they lose their abilities to achieve and accomplish. One of the keys to learning to love yourself just as you are is to be honest with yourself, but in a way that is compassionate and loving. Where are you now with loving yourself? Where do you want to be and what's getting in the way? For most of us, what's getting in the way is some ideal version of a perfect, also known as a lovable person, some version that's completely unattainable by any human ever. Some of the thoughts that I have adopted for myself and that I've suggested for my clients and that I will suggest for you as we attempt to love ourselves just as we are, are as follows. You can adopt the idea that anyone who doesn't love you was never meant for you in the first place. You can also adopt the idea that they're simply confused. You can adopt the idea that the more you love yourself just as you are, the more you will attract other amazing humans who love themselves just as they are too. The next step is to do the work to figure out where you've made mistakes. We've all made them. I've yet to meet someone who has not. Once you recognize your mistakes, instead of beating yourself up, which again, we've been socialized to do, consider finding some grace and compassion for yourself. Most humans are doing the best they can with the knowledge and the tools available to them at the time. 
If you believe this for yourself, it becomes so much easier to see it in other people, even the people who are complaining at your medical practice or at your work office, even the people who are being rude. Once you realize that we are all traumatized humans, it becomes so much easier to see the best in everyone, including yourself. I love the idea that we are all just traumatized humans walking each other home. Ram Das said the part about we are all walking each other home. I added the traumatized humans part. The second part of this step is the counterintuitive part. We all know that we've made mistakes, and many of you listening to this podcast have done something in your life that you have not forgiven yourself for. Let me ask you, what is the harm in forgiving yourself? Most people think that if you actually forgive yourself, you might keep making the same mistake over and over. This is simply not true. In fact, I found the exact opposite to be true. Forgiving yourself for your mistakes, big and small, is so healing. So do not skip this step. I want to give you guys as many concrete examples as possible. So I'm going to share a mistake that I made that I just did the work of forgiving myself for and asking for forgiveness from my boys. This part of asking forgiveness from other people is not necessary. You just have to do the work of forgiving yourself, and then you can decide if you want to ask for forgiveness if you still have contact with the people or person that you feel like you have harmed. So back in 2007, December 8th, 2007 to be exact, it had snowed a fair bit here in Columbus, and my boys were out playing in the snow. It was a perfect Saturday morning. I got it in my head that I needed to capture the quote-unquote perfect picture of the boys, who were five and two at the time, for our annual holiday card. You may be able to see where this is going. Of course, getting them to both look at the camera, be arm-in-arm, smile, all the, t- all the things, it was an impossible task. And this was before the day of our phones being cameras that can take a million pics in a second. I took picture after picture, and you can tell that Jack, who was five, he's happily smiling at first. Owen is being every bit of a two-year-old. He's all over the place, smiling but looking down, grimacing in some of the pictures. Jack is trying to help me, trying to get him to comply without any success. Anyway, this went on until we were all so frustrated and over it. I walked away from them, and as I was walking away, I muttered the words, you guys are worthless. Ugh, it hurts my heart right now to admit that. Jack heard, and being the sensitive soul that he is, he said incredulously, what did you say? This felt sense memory comes up for me every once in a while, especially when we're taking pictures. The boys were both home a few weeks ago, and I was showing them the pictures, and I told them that I was sorry for calling them worthless, and that I could see that it was my perfectionism getting in the way, needing the perfect picture for the perfect holiday card, which I now realize is just such a lie that perpetuated me feeling bad about myself, because guess what? I made plenty of mistakes as a mom. This is only one of them. Luckily for me, the boys had no recollection of the event, but it felt good for me to say that I never really thought they were worthless and that my words had so much more to do with how I was feeling as a mom than it ever had to do with them. 
feels vulnerable to share, but I'm, I'm glad I'm doing it. The next step is to ask yourself this one powerful question over and over in each and every situation. The question is, what do I want? After you ask yourself, what do I want? You then go out and go after what you want and you keep going after it over and over through success and failure and success and failure again and again, living in a way that feels amazing and juicy and authentic to you and watch your love for yourself grow and grow. Now, many people are afraid to do this because they're worried that they will turn into a raging narcissist if this happens. This cannot happen. Narcissism is misunderstood by most folks. Narcissists typically do not love themselves. They actually don't like themselves very much at all deep down, and they overcorrect for it by pretending that they're a gift to the world. I'm not asking you to inflate your self-worth here. I'm just suggesting that you recognize how incredible you already are. Not better than anyone else, just better than you've been thinking about yourself as a default. Again, because of socialization, especially of women, we're expected to be all things to all people, to give and give of ourselves until there's absolutely nothing left. I actually just read a quote from my Life on Purpose calendar Today's October 24th, as I am recording this for you. And the quote says, you are not required to set yourself on fire to keep other people warm. Author of that quote is unknown. Becky Kennedy from Good Inside. She goes by Dr. Becky at Good Inside on both Facebook and Instagram. She also just released her book, Good Inside, A Guide to Becoming the Parent You Want to Be. She advises that we see the things that other people do through what she calls the, quote, most generous interpretation, unquote. So the most generous interpretation of their behavior. You can start by doing this with yourself, and then you can spread that out to everyone you come into contact with. Because we have such a strong negativity bias, which has kept humans alive for generations, Most of the time, we are giving ourselves and others the least generous interpretation of our behavior. I would love it if you tried this out for a week. Ask yourself, how can I interpret my behavior and the behavior of everyone I come in contact with in the most generous way? You can always go back to never giving people the benefit of the doubt if you find that serves you better. I honestly have yet to meet a person who has tried the most generous way and then who went back to the least generous way and loved it. But I suppose there are those of you out there. A lot of people are afraid to love themselves as they are because they think it is a slippery slope to not giving a damn anymore. You can love yourself just as you are and still want to know better, to do better, to feel better, etc. The next step to loving yourself just as you are is to take credit for all the amazingness you've already created in your life. Each and every one of you here listening has done or are doing or will do incredible things for other humans, for animals, for the earth, and for society at large. My friend and colleague, Olivia Vizacaro, She's an amazing human, an attorney who now coaches attorneys to be less stressed lawyers, said it best, so I'm going to quote her. She said, and I quote, 
constantly rehearse in your head how you created your current results. You can settle your nervous system by building trust that you already know how to create your current life for yourself. When we are detached from the action we took to create our results, we feel lucky. And lucky feels out of control, so it ends up feeling awful. When you focus on the concrete action you took to get amazing results, you will trust you can get yourself back there. You can further build trust by reminding yourself that you will be able to handle whatever comes your way, because you will. There is no moment that you will meet that you are not meant to handle. You always have the capacity for it. That's the end of her quote. She then goes on to talk about imagining the worst case scenario. As I have talked about on the podcast before, in this case, I recommend what I learned from Dr. Edith Eager, the author of two amazing books, The Choice and The Gift. Change all of your what if worst case scenarios to even ifs, and you will know that you will have the capacity to handle it. If you've taken the time to take credit for your results and you have taken the time to build self-trust, you can change all of your what-if worries to even-if scenarios. You trust yourself to love yourself all the way through whatever comes your way. Now, those of us who are coaches or have been coached know that our thoughts ultimately create our results. The way that this happens is that our thoughts create our feelings which determine our actions or inactions, and ultimately the results of these actions or inactions create our results. Again, to give you some concrete examples, some of the thoughts that have created my results in recent years are, number one, the thought, I have always been a coach in my career. I just didn't call myself that as a pediatrician. This thought helped me start my business while I was still in training as a coach, And it helped me start charging for my services way sooner than many coaches. The next thought that I had that helped me so much is every time I share my amazingness with others, it always comes back to me. This thought helped me to post and email my audience authentically. The next thought is no one benefits from me being small. This one actually came from an unintentional thought that was offered to be by my family as a child, which was don't get too big for your britches. Turns out I can't get too big for my britches. And because I'm an open book, many of you know already that I rarely ever wear britches. So how could I possibly get too big for them? Anyway, this thought helped me sign up to speak at conferences and it definitely helped me start your favorite you this amazing brand new podcast that you're listening to. The last thing that I would love to encourage you all to do as you are figuring out how to love yourself just as you are, is to decide what you truly value in your life. What are your top three values right now? To give you an example, mine right now are integrity, compassion, and connection. As an aside, did you know that you can change what you value most at any given time in life? Lots of us are still valuing what we were told to value by other people. Many of us are still valuing what made sense for us 20 years ago, but might not make sense for us anymore. I would encourage you to check in with what you're valuing at least once a year. 
perhaps as a new year or a birthday gift to yourself. Of course, you can do this check-in and change your values at any point as often as you like. After you've figured out your top values, you actually have to make sure that you align your time with what you value. For example, if you say that you value connection and you spend most of your time disconnected from other people, or you say that you value integrity and you spend a lot of time pretending to be someone that you're not, or you say you value compassion and you spend a lot of time beating yourself up and using the least generous interpretation of other behaviors, you are going to feel terrible all the time. However, if you say that you value connection and you spend intentional and dedicated time with the people and pets that you love, or you spend time connected to the earth and nature and your body, if you say that you value integrity and you seek out ways to show other people that you are nearly exactly who you portray yourself to be, if you say you value compassion and you spend most of your time giving yourself grace giving yourself and others the most generous interpretation of your and their behavior, it's not going to be magic at all. You will feel aligned with what you say you value, and it will become increasingly easier to love yourself and to love the life you have. I invite you all to try this, to recognize that you've always been lovable and that nothing can change this, to do the work to figure out where you have made mistakes, to forgive yourself for your mistakes, big and small, to ask yourself the one powerful question over and over in each and every situation, what do I want? To take credit for all the amazingness you have created in your life, to evaluate your top three values and align your time with what you value. I promise you that this work will pay dividends if you make the investment in doing this for yourself. As you can see, there's really nothing magical about doing this work to learn to love yourself just as you are. The magic comes later when you find yourself loving yourself just as you are. If you want my help to do this work, I would be so honored to help you learn to love yourself just as you are on your way to becoming your favorite you. I still have some one-on-one spots available in my coaching practice And this is your formal invitation to go to melissaparsonscoaching.com and go to the work with me tab, click on book now and go into my calendar and book your consult. I promise you, if nothing else, it will be an amazing hour that you and I spend figuring out who your favorite you is and what's getting in the way of you becoming her. Have a great week, everybody. If you like what you're hearing so far and you think others would benefit from your favorite you, it would be epic if you take a couple of minutes to rate and review the podcast. Ratings and reviews are the best way to make podcasts discoverable. I'd love it if you'd give me your honest opinion, especially if you adore me. And of course, a five-star review would be fantastic. If you click the subscribe button, you'll automatically receive weekly episodes without having to do anything else. If you feel called to share it with others you think might love it, then I will love you forever. You will become my newest favorite podcast listener. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Your Favorite You. If you like what you're hearing and want to learn more, head over to melissaparsonscoaching.com.
If you want to work with me to find your favorite you, to become your own best friend so that you can create the life you want with intention, please go to melissaparsonscoaching.com forward slash contact to set up a consult to work with me one-on-one. I so look forward to meeting you.